So what I can say is not only am I not only does my white privilege cover me for just being white, it covers me from being almost brain dead stupid yeah. as a child. Yeah, you're pretty fucking so, stupid. Just dumb as shit the stuff I pulled as a, you know, I mean just all kinds of stupid shit. So Jesus. In the white privilege, I would say you were more privileged in class. Mm-hmm. But I actually think uh, I, I might have you. I might. I might give you a run for how much white privilege has saved my ass. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Ape Cast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So I had an interesting, it wasn't even that interesting, but I had a moment this morning. Um, Harry and I went out, we went out, um, got in the stroller, went for a walk around the neighborhood, swung into Walgreens because I had to pick up a prescription and some more sunscreen and things. And uh, Harry was being really good in the store. And I was like, let's go look at the toys. Because I've like, he's at that age now where like, he can shop for his own toy. Like he can pick out his own stuff. Yeah, he can pick something he likes. Yeah. And I've never really done that with him yet. So I was like, let's go look at the look at the toys. Maybe you pick something out. And he was being really good and all that shit. Um, and he was kind of like, I don't know about the elevator. He wasn't sure about the elevator. And I'm like, just be brave with me. So... Kids get a toy because he's being good, being brave, right? So he looks at a Paw Patrol. You know what Paw Patrol is? Yeah, it's a kid. I do. So like a, a fire engine, right? So it was it was yeah. between that. He's like, oh, I like that. And then there was this. Um, let me explain it to you the way that I explained it to my wife as I was telling the story. Okay. It was between the Paw Patrol fire truck and like an owl, like a stuffed owl that was more like a, more like a girl a girl's toy. Okay. He could have had either, and he chose the fire truck. Cool. Great. So let's go with that yeah. one. I'm telling the story to Katie because I was just like, hey, just a heads up. Like, I, I gave the kid the opportunity to pick whatever he wanted. It could be a quote unquote girl's toy, pink with so I, glitters and okay. shit. No, uh-huh. I'm gonna, I got uh-huh. to ask you because uh-huh. the minute you said it, I thought to myself, okay, so what? And I'm just asking yeah. you, David Himmel. Because we can only talk about your lived experience. What about a stuffed owl? Yeah, makes it a girl's toy. I'm glad you asked. Okay, this is the point. Because it, the way that it was marketed, it's v- marketed toward that like girls like pinks and purples and glitter and that's and the packaging was like it. We all know what boys and girls toys are. Well, why couldn't it be a gay boys toy? Um, because my son ain't gay. All right, there you go. I just say, I'm just because you know, because yeah, yeah. If you've gone to a gay pride parade, it is Pride Month. Uh, it's true. Know, purple, Very true. Yes. purple, and pink right. and yes. glitter is is pretty much as masculine as anything. You're so, right. Yep. Fair enough. So it could have been. So it could have been a gay toy. Yeah, you automatically gendered the marketing. Uh, I, did. I misgendered it, perhaps. <laughs> I yeah. But my point was that years ago we got into this discussion with with Katie's family about it was like it was when Target was. De- deciding to no longer divide here's like the boys toy aisle here's the girls toy aisle and i've never given a shit about which toy it is like i played with barbies 
fucking through most of my preschool days, you know. Most of my shit was like science fiction monster shit, but that was my favorite toys. I, I played, yeah, all of it. like Plastic dinosaurs. Barbie's dinosaurs, G.I. Joe, yeah. fucking My Little Pony. Uh, so I never got into G.I. Joe, and I never got into like... Fire trucks or and, and it's very interesting to me because given our circumstances right now, um, you know, the Paw Patrol is sort of part of it's it's sort of part of cop culture, you know, and when you think very about much so yeah. when you think about where we're at right now in the country that, you know, I, I mean, there, I grew up and when I was, you know, a younger man, there was cops. There was America's Most Wanted. There was Law and Order, CSI. I mean, it's like this whole engrandizement yeah. of of police culture and yeah. what and they're always the heroes and but then if you look at the movies like of the 90s and into 2000s mm-hmm. the cops are usually the bad guys mm-hmm. you have a lot of like you have a lot of like uh, the, the what, what's the the Sam Jackson Kevin Spacey movie the interrogator and uh or the negotiator the negotiator, yeah, Sam, and yeah, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the bad guys are the cops, you know, and it's like so right. and Serpico, you know, that which was in the seventies. Well, but even even then, the the spin on when the cops are the good guys, they're still the bad guys. If you look at the show Cops, the theme song Bad Boys, and yeah. then of course the movie trilogy with Martin Lawrence uh, and yeah. and William at the well, but they're the heroes. But they're the bad boys. But they're positioned as they're bad guys that are going to do. Rough we're gonna shit. break the. We're gonna well, do the, the, Yeah, we're gonna know, break the, the rules. That and, dirty, yeah. hairy thing where it was like, yeah. "Come on, make my day," which was like, "Hey, you know what? There's nothing. There's nothing better than a rule breaking, brutal ass cop to shoot the bad guys." I mean, that's well, yeah. A, well, and here's the thing: had Harry the fuck out, is that? If Harry was picking, was choosing between the Paw Patrol police car, yeah. and and the Purple Owl, I would have led him. To the purple owl, I would have done. I would have influenced him as best I could without getting yeah. any shit. I don't want any more cop shit in our house. He's already got like two cop toys, cop cars. Exactly. Yeah, no, well, just fire fa- I just think it's. Choose that I think one. it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's fascinating that. Uh, and it's one of the things that uh, you know. I mean, I wrote about this the other day, just kind of looking at the you know, narrative frames and how we change and how we're changing the narrative frames and that kind of stuff. And one of the things that. Uh, we're not, we're just not a country that works well with complexity anymore. Uh, maybe, <laughs> no. and I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Maybe we're maybe we were never really good at complexity. Maybe we've always been this sort of like it's got to be really. I mean, you go back to World War II. How did how did uh, how did you know how did uh, FDR get people ginned up to go fight the fucking Nazis and the Japanese? Well, he put out propaganda posters where the Huns look like, uh, you know, monsters and the yeah. Japanese look like rats. And, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, so maybe maybe at our base level, we're just we're just not smart or reflective enough as a species to handle like mass complexity. Because the thing about it is, while I abs- there's not a question in my mind and anybody that makes the argument that police brutality in this country is not in some way racially driven. Right. Anybody makes that argument is arguing on a fucking foundation of sand. That's bullshit. It's so obvious on so many levels. Yeah. However, I would argue that in many cases, that is not the prevalent ingredient. You know, poverty has something to do with that. And race race has something to do with poverty. So, but that's intertwined in its own way. And cop culture and sort of our, our literally, 
generations. I mean, you think yeah. about World War II, it was all like, let's let's talk, let's see movies about the heroism of soldiers. Mm-hmm. We didn't start really looking at soldiers as potential victims or perpetrators of violence until like the 70s. And right. then it was like the Vietnam War. And now we said, okay, now let's look, really look at war mm-hmm. from sort of like that full metal jacket coming home with right. John Voight kind of thing, yep. deer hunter. Um but we, you know, it, it, but we still have this, you know, so cop culture, which pervades all of us, yeah. you know, everybody in the world is what, you know, that thing. So there's that. There's so many elements that influence this moment, this singular moment in time yeah. where uh, Chavin is fucking kneeing this guy in the neck for nine minutes. There's so many things that come to play there. Right. That to boil it down to just one thing or another seems overly simplistic. So this it's is, like, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. This was the, I've, I've been on this text chain with some college buddies about this. And there's two guys on the chain that, I, I don't, I, I don't know. How do I say this without like, like I'm placating or making excuses for them? They're good dudes. They're my friends, but they're being fucking they're clowns. Pigs. They're being clowns they're about this right now. Yeah, they're yeah, like, they're well, pigs. you can't just get rid of the police. And I'm saying, well... Hang on a second. Let's talk. It's not about just getting rid of the police. Let's talk about the issue of why even the idea of getting rid of the police or, you know, what kind of systemic change needs to happen and blah, blah, blah. And they're they're trying to make the case that it's not just not just about black people and it's not all cops and this bullshit. And then yeah, they're playing that game. Right. And then yesterday. I don't know if when, when this actually came out, but yesterday is when I saw it. Um, the 75-year-old man that was trampled by Buffalo oh, police. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was or, rude. That was just so brutal. And then, so that's one thing. And then when they all... It didn't even seem realistic. I mean, that's what... It, the, the, right? The, I mean, it was just so well, weird because he's obviously... The, 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 the old guy is coming over to talk to the police about something. And maybe he's... Maybe he up. needs I help. No, Maybe he needs maybe, help well, with something. Yeah, yeah. Well, or maybe he's just like wanting to talk to them and saying, you shouldn't be doing this, which is a good protest. Let's have a conversation. Uh-huh. And and it's not like that's the thing. It's not like the cop like fucking slugged him with it. He just kind of shoved him away. It wasn't even like a hard shove. But this guy goes down like a fuck it, like just like a plank. Yeah. And fucking smashes his head on the thing. And then the worst part about it, which is like I still can't understand that video, is yeah. the guy goes down like just inert. And there's bleeding, like 30, bleeding out yeah, on the ground, like yeah. 30 cops, like 30 cops. And they just like barely bleed, step over him. They don't even look at him. Nope. It's like they just walked by him. And I thought, what the fuck is that about? It's almost so like it was staged. I know it wasn't, but it's that, like, what the fuck? The cop that pushed him down, I guess there were two cops that were blamed for this and they were fired or suspended from this yeah, yeah, organization. And then, and then the rest of them all 57 quit. 57 of them. Yeah, yeah. They quit in solidarity of their brothers in blue Which or whatever the fuck. And that, Fuckers. Yeah, but that's what I, I was so ginned up because this is this is the point, guys. Like, it's even when it's not just racially motivated, because this guy wasn't a black person. He was no, an old yeah, white no. guy. This is the point that police are just fucking militaristic and forceful and violent. And then they all fucking stand behind each other with they don't even be like, oh, yeah, those guys are dicks. That was wrong. Hey, Don, not cool for you to push the old man down. No, fuck it. I'm standing with my brother who shoved a weak old man to the ground, and then we all watched him bleed. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Just fuck you. I was well, fucking turned out, man. God, I was. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Ooh, well, I mean, sense. See, the thing is, it might might be yeah, everything like I said, I that's think, wrong with it. Well, the thing is, and again, it is there. There are you know, it's like I've had that argument. Is the the idea to say that all police? And I know, and this is not me saying not all police, but I am actually saying that because, again, going back to FDR, and let's look at the Japanese, and we're going to we're gonna. We're going to paint a picture in our propaganda mm-hmm. that makes this makes the Japanese these vermin, yeah. these hateful, monstrous creatures, these horrifying, monstrous things that they're. And after about two years, as I recall, two years of this consistent propaganda, mm-hmm. is it any fucking surprise that then they put Japanese Americans in an internment camp? Of course not. Because they've been for two years, the government saying Japanese people are these vermin. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: it's a dishonest argument. It may be effective, but it's a dishonest argument. And what I would say is, when we say that you know all the police are are these monsters, militarized assholes, that the data, the actual numbers that exist, do not support that. It doesn't support that they're all. It supports that there are some, and that they're, and that and that they're not doing a goddamn thing about that some. Well, the goddamn that's, thing about th- them not doing a goddamn thing about it. There, that's the thing that really, really gets that's me. That's the that's, that's the thing systemic. That's the issue. Because even if if you and I are police, right? Yeah. And I I break the law. I put my knee on some guy's neck and I and I kill him. Yeah. For you. Who's never done anything wrong? You're not violent. You are like you. Maybe you're the most beloved neighborhood cop. You are missed officer fucking friendly. That's you. Yeah. You are officer friendly. And for you to not come at me and say or like do whatever you need to do to stop me from doing that, and yeah. then stand behind the law and say Himmel needs to be punished and fired because of what he did. That's the problem. Instead, what you would probably do as a cop is you would stand by your brother yeah. because that's what and, you're trained to do well, because that's again, what your union tells you to do. And everything that you're saying and everything that's being said um, and in, in general has nothing to do with systemic racism. And I, again, I'm not denying that that is not a major component, but everything you're saying is about the system as it is in place. Yeah. You know, I mean, it cops... Uh, and prosecutors that work with cops um, basically being judge and jury for those cops yep. when they do bad act. Yep. That's not a racist thing. That's just, that's a bad system. Yeah. To give people guns and authority and then have them police themselves mm-hmm. is just, I mean, whoever's idea that, whoever's yeah. idea that was, was just, what the fuck? That is such a bizarre power grab. Nobody with a brain listened to them say, yeah, we're just going to let the cops uh, you know, police yeah. themselves. Anybody with a brain went, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. That is just a recipe for, for, for corruption. It's yeah. just a recipe yeah. for it. And they haven't done anything about it. So again, that's one of the things. Now you had actually put, and I've got to do, you had said that what you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. I want to have a, I want to do a little competition here. So here's the comp. So you tell us the competition. I want to see which one of us has more white privilege. Who is the more, Privileged, or how do we use our white privilege? Um. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's. I want to say. I, well, know so who I think is, that. Who is I more think that's privileged? The, I don't think that's a competition at all, David. Really? 
dude, you are a product of white privilege on a level that I can't even touch. You think so? I, I can't even come close to your level of white privilege. The only thing that you've got that mitigates your white privilege even a little bit is that you're Jewish. That's it. And you're not even that fucking Jewish, so yeah. you can't even lean on that. Let's let's break it down. Let's break it down. Well, I, no, let's, let's break it down. Tell me about tell me about your family and the history of your family that you were born into. Since we're going to play the white privilege off, let's let's go there. My mother was raised extremely poor. Okay. Um. Grandma had a drinking problem while she was raising her. So you're going to paint this. You're going to paint this about how hard it is. Okay, you you paint you paint the picture because uh, nobody's going to buy it once they hear the rest. <laughs> nobody's going to buy this. They bullshit. had no money. They lived in a tiny house. Yeah. Um, oh, tiny house. Oh no. Know, it's grandma a tiny was a house. bartender. Yeah. What were you born into? We're not talking about them. We're talking about your white privilege. Oh, well, what were well, you? So yeah. when you were born, well, it's, tell it's us it's about the house. We, isn't then. that what the privilege? The privilege is privilege is what we come from, right? No, 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 no. I mean, that's part is, of it. That's part. We have what, to consider what we come from. Well, you know what? Just start with you, because the okay, thing about fine. it is, well, let's. Yeah, I, I'm white. I'm male. Um, yeah, my okay, parents. So you're white male. My parents paid for college. Um, no, no. What were you born into? What did the house look like that you were born oh. into? I was born into a hospital. The house, the house was that a, you lived in. You lived in, like that the you first grew up that I, in. That you grew up in. Well, but there, it's two different questions. I, for two and a half years, I grew up in a house that was like just a small house in Park Forest. Okay, and then and you then moved I moved to into a house. A uh, Tell me about that house. Four bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Two and a half bath. Yeah. With a yard. Yeah, did dad have like, a bo- did dad did ha- dad have a boat for part of the time when I was a kid? Yeah, a small yeah, yeah, a small yeah. little twenty five foot outboard. How many, how many how many cars? Uh, let's see, two. Okay, two cars, mom, and then a third, then a, a su- the summer car. We had a Fiat. So you you actually had a summer car. Okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> we the summer it, car. Yeah, yeah, we used um, it. So um, did you and your brothers? It was fiat uh, weather. That's how we judged. Did you and your brothers uh, go to public school? Yes. Okay, you went to public school. Did you yeah. go to summer camps? Absolutely. So you went to summer summer camps we went that to were day, paid for? Day summer camps. Were, were um, they paid for by scholarships for the needy or that your your dad paid for? Oh, yeah. Dad paid for summer camps. Okay, so dad, dad yep. paid for that. Okay, so uh, your dad paid for your college after you graduated. Because I kept my grades up, that was the deal. If I kept okay, the, yep. so so mm-hmm. in 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 high school, and you've talked about you talked about it a little bit a bit last week. Mm-hmm. In high school and college, would you say that you drank a lot and perhaps behaved in ways that most people would assume would put you get you put in jail um, because of your over drinking and the drinking of dry, the DUI possibilities? And would you say that you partied hard in college? No, I mean, I did you vandalize things as a young man in groups of white guys? Uh, did yeah, you and but your that friends? was but most of that was junior high. Okay, so that was junior high. So in junior high, you were vandalizing things in packs of young white junior high well, kids. Well, most of what I was doing in junior high was just yanking hood ornaments off cars. Did okay, so did you yeah. ever, as a child or a high school or in college, um, in your revelries mm-hmm. as a young man mm-hmm. um, destroy property or break something that then your father had to bail you out or pay for? 
Yep. Okay, so see the thing is, yep. if this is a competition, well, you beat my ass. Well, hang when on. it comes to owning white privilege, my friend. I could tell you. I could tell you about those. Well, no, you can't explain it away because again, well, we can't no, have complexity. No, no complexity. It's gonna be simple. No, no. We need to have, have a complex conversation. Have you ro- have you read Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility? Have you read it? No. Your explanation is completely unnecessary. It is the facts on the ground that only matter. You are white, and oh. you need to do better. So we can't just check this shit at the door and say, well, now we've acknowledged all this, and here's the details around it. Now we can have a discussion, because I'm more than just a white boy whose dad kept him from getting put in jail, but I still had to pay restitution and do hours... At Hundreds of hours of community service and pay for my crime. They just what got reduced because what, of the connection. That's what was, I admit that what, that's luck. Yeah. What was and your community service? What did you do for community service? What was that? Um, I I volunteered at the Humane Society. Um, I wow. worked with homeless people. Wow. What was the work with homeless people like? What'd you do? Uh, fed them, talked with them. Yeah, because you know, because uh, you know, because you know, black people, their community service is cleaning up highways and fucking. Yep, uh, yeah, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's not fair. That's okay. So there's some privilege on your side of there. That's no, I know, I know there is. I know there is. Yeah. But it wasn't like I just got off scot free. But I'm I'm acknowledging but, that but because David, I'm white. Yeah. Look, man. Yesterday, I drove I, or Friday morning, I went to pick my mom up. She was coming over to watch Harry for the day. And I went to pick her up, and my mom lives right next to Trump Tower. And there oh, were, Jesus. There were, you know, there were checkpoints yeah, yeah, with yeah. fucking cops. And I was just like, it was like 7 in the morning, and I go, oh, fucking God damn it. And I go to reach for my wallet. I had forgotten my wallet at home. So I was like, oh, shit, I might, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, because I have no identification. I'm going to tell them I'm going to pick my mom up, but I don't know what they're going to do. So I stop and I stick my head out the window and go and pick my mom up. She lives right there. They're like, yep, go ahead. And I went, oh, that was close. I guarantee you, if I had not been a white man, if I oh, had yeah. been a black person or slightly brown in any way, they would not have let me pass. Yeah. If you'd, been, if you'd have had that, uh, that I, I might be a Muslim terrorist beard thing going on, they would have taken you out. If my beard were any better and it was more... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that beard, you just—I don't know. It's—I mean, look, because I've got Ashkenazi. It's an Ashkenazi Jew beard. Like it, yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, really yeah. could very quickly devolve into well, not very quickly, yeah. but it could if I if I really really made an effort, I could have a Bin Laden beard. There's no, yeah, 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 yeah. You look like uh, Eric Bana in that Masada movie. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know whatever it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. Um, it was a good movie, actually. I it can't was remember really it, but I liked slow it. and like it dragged it. until the was end. Was Daniel Craig? Was Daniel Craig in that? I don't remember. All I really remember about that movie is Eric. So Bana. it must have been a real. It must have been a really good movie if we can't fucking remember it. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah, Eric. Brilliant, Bana, and then brilliant like, film. The, the beautiful woman being shot like very peacefully while she's just, naked or whatever the hell that was, and you're just yeah, like, well, that's yeah, a see, weird way to... So apparently it yeah. wasn't a very good movie. We just had a, a fond memory of it because we can't remember a goddamn thing about it. That's not great filmmaking if it, you just can't remember the movie at all. And I think what it really says about us is that we don't I care about think the, of the, Jewish name of pers- the Jewish people's struggle in modern times. I think, I think that's what it's saying about us because we can't remember it. That we don't care about the the terrorists. You think you think or that's about what it the, is? The, the kidnapped victims? Yeah, all right. I don't know. Anyway. So now let's go... All right, so we've we've established... Your white privilege cred. Well, I think right? we should. We could talk about a couple other things. Like, I want to well, get it out there. 
No, you see what everything you're going to say is going to try to explain away your obvious wealth and, and white privilege. So let me just I'm just going to say my sum total of and I don't it doesn't matter how poor I was. It doesn't matter that I grew up with a single mom. It doesn't matter that we had really no fucking money. None of that mattered. Um, my white privilege is some can be summed up in the idea that I made it to the age of 54 because if if I had been black and done almost anything I did as a child, as a young man, as a high school student or as a college student, if I had been a black man, there is not a question in my mind that I would on 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 the plus, on the like the most optimistic I would be in prison or yep. have a long prison record or I'd be dead. Yep. There's no question that my whiteness saved me. I, I, I give you, I'm going to give you a really quick anecdote, a real quick story of exactly what I'm talking about. Living in Wildwood Lanes, it's an apartment complex in Wichita, Kansas. I think I was probably seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was a, it was a, it was a, a like a, 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 an urban housing kind of complex. I mean, ur- as urban as Wichita, Kansas can be, yeah. but it was sort of like a, it was like assisted living housing, right? Yeah. For, yeah. for poor people. Okay. And, oh, uh, assisted, oh, okay. Financial assistance. You know what I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah financial yeah, yeah. assistance. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember that there was this, uh, older black woman. Now to me, you know, she could have been 20. Everybody was fucking older right. to me. I was I was eight. Yeah. But as I recall, it was like an older black woman, but she was really big. She was like a big, big woman, like tall mm-hmm. and big, right? And uh, I think I was out playing with some friends, making a whole lot of fucking noise. And she uh, she came out and yelled at me and told me to get out of her yard, her area. <laughs> and they didn't. We didn't really have yards because yeah. it was an apartment complex. But like, get out of my area because she was trying to sleep or whatever it was. And I got really mad. Because yeah. that was unfair, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And so um, I went and found some spray paint. Oh, God. And spray painted. Um, it wasn't racial. Like, I, I don't actually remember what I did. I think it was probably like something like fuck. I mean, just as simple as the word fuck. It wasn't like something racial. But I yeah. spray painted on the side of her wall a vulgar word mm-hmm. as way of retaliation. Well, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty goddamn good, and I go home, and I don't think twice about it until I hear this boom, 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 like a cop knock on the door. My mom comes down. <laughs> my mom comes down, and it's that black woman, and she towers over my my mom, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Your son spray painted on my goddamn wall, and he's cleaning it up," and my mom is like. How do you know it was him? How dare you accuse him? What if he didn't do it, this kind of stuff? And she said, is his name Don Hall? She said, yeah. She said, he signed his fucking name to my wall. <laughs> you so, so what I can say is not only, am I, not only does my white privilege cover me for just being white, it covers me from being almost brain dead stupid yeah. as a child. Yeah, you're pretty fucking so, stupid. Just dumb as shit. The stuff I pulled, as a, you know, I mean, just all kinds of stupid shit. So Jesus, in the white privilege, I would say you were more privileged in class. Mm-hmm. 
but I actually think uh, I, I might have you. I might I might give you a run for how much white privilege has saved my ass. I mean, there's no question that yes, yeah, some of the shit that I done that I have done. Um, if I had been black, I would have been punished more. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, I'm, I'm like, that's, so, it's, it's so I can, fine. The thing I, is, I can see with fine, your stammering. But, no, I can see with your stammering the same dilemma. And I've written about this for years. Yeah. It's like the concept of is, okay, what you were told by those academics. Yeah. Um, that pr- primarily behind, you know, it's like Robin DiAngelo who wrote, uh, the white fragility mm-hmm. book. Um, she was actually a student of the guy who created, uh, critical race theory. So it's sort of an extension. It's an evolution of critical race theory Yeah, is the idea is, and that's been my question forever is like, okay, I acknowledge that I have white privilege right now. What, you know, because ultimately the answer to the question that nobody wants to say is now you have to give it up. Right. But I don't know, you know, how do you give well, up white so, and w- the way you give up white privilege is you, you use shift. It. No. No. It is not. You can't use it to give help it others. You can't use it to get to get giving it up and using it are two different things. Just saying, "Oh, you get a you, you know what, David, you have an AR15. If you use it for good, then you're one of the good people that own a gun. That's bullshit. So that is a bullshit argument. That's not the same thing at all. No. If you the whole That's point of acknowledging staplers, yeah, man, come on. No, if you're acknowledging, really, have you been paying attention to the rhetoric that's coming out on Twitter? It is not Fuck. different than having First of a gun. All, no, because I didn't, Twitter's no, no, no. a place for fucking insanity. Well, okay, but Twitter basically effectively. Uh, Change the New York Times editorial uh, practices, just, like just this week. Okay. Very, Twitter is very powerful. But anyway, let me point this out. It's not about using your privilege for the good of black people, because isn't that fucking patriarchal and goddamn white savior? No, it is about giving <laughs> up your privilege. Now, here's the thing. How do you give up the privilege? Because ultimately, that kind of privilege is... Dominant culture being shifted to subdominant, right? Yeah. So the question becomes, okay, in the United States, 64% of the people uh, that comprise citizens of the United States are white. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is, in terms of just sheer numbers, it is the dominant culture. There's nothing you can do about that with the numbers. So the only way that we can flip that, because right now blacks comprise about 13% and Latinos percent about... I'm going to say it's like 22 or 23 percent, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So the only way to flip from a minority class to and flip that is to actively give up the fight, to, to shut up and get out of the way. And if you read enough, if you read enough critical race theory and, 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 and stuff, what you see is the argument is the only way that you can fully absorb this is to first of all shut up um take the back of the seat you know don't 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 say anything it's mm-hmm. not your business to say anything you've not had that lived experience so you can't what is the thing i've been i've uh, it's one of my inter- the interesting phrases i understand that i can't understand but i can stand oh for fuck's sake you what know? and 
It, well, that's a that's a big you know. It's it's the idea that as a white person, I can't possibly have any idea what right. what your experience is. And so my job is to show up and, and make sure that the, you know, I mean, yeah. and actually a great example, you were talking about using your white privilege, was I saw a video of a young black man at protest, cops are coming, young white woman, like probably like a teenage white girl, mm-hmm. just gets right in front of him and tries to prevent the cops from giving him any shit. Yeah. You know, and I thought, okay, that was actually, I can see that that was a good use of white privilege. Right. But what, what I know from watching that video and then following it on Twitter is that girl really wants the credit for it. Mm. She, she wants to be recognized for doing that, mm. mm-hmm. which it starts to get disingenuous. Now, here's the thing. What do you know? Cause this is the question that I have. I think, I, I think we come at a tie with the white privilege competition. But my question is how can I be on the side of the protests? How can I believe fully that black lives matter and that cops need to be reformed. I, I mean, I don't believe they need to be. I think defunded on some level is a pretty good idea. I don't think completely defunded, but I think uh, just like the military, I think we have to have a military, but it doesn't have to take up all of our goddamn budget. Yeah. Same thing I feel about the cops. But how can I be on the side of the protests of systemic reform and forward momentum, yet also feel like the critical race theorists are opportunists snake oil salesmen and secular religious types how can i because i don't buy most of critical race theory but i absolutely am in in lockstep with these protests so this is a real problem that i'm having because not everything is black and white there's a lot of different shades of gray 50 shades of gray if you will oh god Uh, have you read critical race theory how much do you know about critical race theory you haven't read anything why you would Robin, I? Why would I need you, to, Don? Well, what do read, I care about race? I mean, have, I mean have, you read, big, have you read Rob, any Robin <laughs> D'Angelo's book? Did you read no, your book? No. So you've been that uncurious. What are you, George W. Bush? You uncurious that uncurious that you didn't bother to even research I, some of the mate some of the major talking points behind the rhetoric of racial relations in this country. You just kind of ignored it. You just taking everybody's word for it. What? I mean, I do, I do whatever Rachel Maddow tells me to do, <laughs> and then I and then I I listen to Brian Williams and I whatever he tells me to do. What else do I need? I don't know. Maybe some books. Maybe some reading. And that's the thing is, I went in and I remember. It doesn't mean I can't read it, though. It doesn't mean that I can't again. I don't order think on this Amazon is a wrong today. Choice, but I, I remember and this is a long time ago. But I remember at one point, and it really kind of bit me in the ass, which I think is hysterical that it bit me in the ass. To be perfectly honest with you, I find it very funny. But I remember <laughs> when I was in Chicago, early days, um, and I still think this is true. I don't. I mean, I don't think this is not true. Is that we use the word racist? Um, we use it erroneously. Is that there is a difference between racist and bigotry? And prejudice, mm-hmm. you know, and and the thing about it is in America, and and that's the thing is, if you go to Africa, racism is proliferated by very very black people against very very black people. So it's not like racism is like owned by white people. It's not like white people invented racism. Everybody's got, you know. But racism is a systemic thing, mm-hmm. and it basically says racism is a the, human thing. 
Well, yeah. I mean, but, but, see, actually, I disagree. That's what I'm saying. Bigotry okay. and prejudice are human things. Racism is an institutional thing. And okay. at least uh, that's, yeah. and that's, you know, and that, and that by being white in a society that is dominant white, the racism can only be white. And I, and I actually believe that. So at one point I remember I'm having, I'm having lunch with Lily B and she's asking me about this. And I explained that this is how I understand it, that, that, that races, this is how I see racist. And I think that any white person just by living in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a white person living in Africa, it is impossible, it is structurally impossible for you to be a racist, even if you hate black people in Africa, because Africa is run by a predominantly dominant black culture. So mm. you can't, you know, that's the thing. But that's how I believe it. Well, once she and I had her falling out, there was this whole thread she put as he even admitted he was a racist. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that was. Now I feel like a dipshit for even bothering to explain it, because boy, did that bite me in the ass. But yeah, here's the thing with critical race theory, and I actually really encourage you to read it, because it's I not will. like it's just bullshit. But what I've discovered and what I'm finding as I've read, and I mean I've read tons of information about this, is that it is. Oh my a god, cult. you sound like that girl on the Twitter video. I want credit. Look no, no, me. I don't want credit. No, I've just read a lot about it, and what <laughs> I've discovered is what I've discovered, at least in my belief is that this is it's a brilliant I wrote about it it's a brilliant um, narrative frame to change over because what it, it basically does is it traps white people into the same sort of unending penitence and reflection mm -hmm. and it, it, it's exactly like Christianity early Christianity said you're all a product of original sin and the only reason they came up yeah. with the concept of original sin was so that you knew you needed the church because the church needed yeah, yeah. the money. Yeah. Okay. It, they it needed puts... the authority. And if you've got original sin and you can never wash it off, only through the blood of Christ and confession mm -hmm. and indulgences can you wash off that sin today. Because tomorrow, when you wake up, you got to do it all over again because you can right. never get rid of it. Right. Racism, American white, and specifically known as whiteness in critical race theory is the original sin of the United States. And that yeah. means if you are white, and this is the thing, is the problem with critical race theory is not only is it none, you can never not be right. white supremacist if you're white. Not only that, you don't even have like a savior that can wash the blood off. Confession doesn't even take it away for a day. You are continually well, racist. It however, is a cult. However, I would make the it's argument, ugly. and I don't, I don't believe this shit, but there are those out there who believe that the savior who can wash you clean of your whiteness was, is Obama, because you voted for him twice. <laughs> I mean, All right, that's you know, one way of looking at it. Yeah. One of my buddies on this text chain keeps referring to Obama as Black Messiah. It's like, would you stop doing that? Nobody here yeah, on this thread nobody, thinks he's the Black Messiah. Nobody thinks that, yeah. Stop, like, just fucking quit it here. But I think that when I, when I say, like, use your privilege for good... You're really stuck on that one, aren't well, you? Well, no, because okay. it's like, look, here, I've got all these advantages because of what we discussed earlier and, and so much more. Like, I am 100% aware of, of how fortunate and lucky and privileged and, <laughs> and white I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not the rich. We're not a rich family, but, like, we were fine. 
We yeah. were fucking fine. We never wanted for anything. Even when dad was out of work for a year, like my grandparents were there to help us out. Like we're fine. But here's a, an example of how you could use that privilege, the wealth that comes with it in, in positive ways. One quick example that I love, during the depression, my great grandfather, we had the family business. I don't know how hard they were hit or whatever, but they were okay. My grandfather, my great grandfather had all these friends that were hit really hard by the depression. And he was fortunate enough that privileged enough, whatever you want to call it, that he, he could afford to help them out. So he gave them money to get yeah. them through. And I don't think asked for payback. Like he just, yeah. like, I know it's monetary and it's kind of like no, a no, one no. hit thing. Actually, but like, actually, I love this. Where you, How do you feel about reparations for chattel slavery? How do you feel about reparations? Another one of the things I've studied and read far too much shit yeah, about. Yeah, I haven't read a lot on that. I, I think... I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a, like, <laughs> almost like taking the Etch-A-Sketch of America, shaking it up and starting over. And if that, like... At a, you so can't do that. No, I know. I know. You can't do that. That's a, a But that's the idea. Dream, the right. idea the, but, like, whatever we have to do to create level ground. I, I have I'm a dream. I am David Himmel, and I have a dream that we can take America like a great big Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> and just and shake, shake it. it up and clear yeah. the slate so that we can build something that doesn't quite look like a picture because you can't really do circles with circle, a goddamn right? exit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let me just simplify that dream. I have a dream where Etch-A-Sketch can make circles. That's, that's Okay, there you go. Uh, Don't no, we all? I, Jesus Christ, that could be taken out of context real fucking easily. Oh yeah, um, uh, here's that's two why white it's guys be... ruining the Martin Luther King's speech. Yeah, anyway. Well, you know, that, that, it, but no, that's I mean, all. That's all white people do is misquote Martin yes, Luther King true. out of context. That's, <laughs> that's what true. we're good at. If there's a thing that it's white privilege really thing, engenders, yeah. is we get to do that because everybody does. It's yeah. just like, yeah. Well, you know, he cheated on his wife. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so yeah, I but tell me about reparations. You don't really know. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know enough about the exact reparations part of it, but well, I, the, I'm I'm in favor to. What do we have to do to make things equal? Let's do that. Let's. Well, I mean, yeah, and what I what I think is really interesting is is that the United States government, in probably I want to say the last thirty years, has paid significant monetary reparations to Native American tribes. Mm-hmm. Significant uh, monetary reparations to Japanese families whose families were put in internment in World War II. Well, more importantly, those families lost Sig- all of their wealth. Yes, too. Yeah. yes. Significant, significant uh, reparations to uh, Jews from the Holocaust that the America didn't even take away from them, but they got paid. So my problem is, if and this is where we get into this whole systemic racism... I love the idea of reparations. Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating to me that we have paid off, we've, we've paid reparations to Native Americans, to Japanese Americans, and to Jewish Americans. But for some reason, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and if you, read the, if you read the literature, what you get is a lot of economic theory that is the equivalent, in my opinion, it's the equivalent of people saying, 
why not just have a $15 minimum wage? Because the minimum wage will kill jobs. Yeah, I mean, that's, right. it, that's the equivalent. The, everybody that is against reparations is basically that. You know, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's a good we point. can afford I, this. I, I bet they're one to one, too. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, and it's like we can totally afford to pay reparations. Now, why do I like reparations? I like rep- reparations because, okay, if we're going to be in the religious dogma that nothing we can do or say will ever wash away the sin of racism, mm-hmm. the sin of slavery from our country. If you go to the early Catholic Church, early Catholic Church, you're a sinner. Yeah. You go and you you go and you fuck your brother's wife <laughs> and maybe and maybe you steal a loaf of bread and then you jerk off in public and you do all this stuff that's a sin, right? Yeah. You could go to your priest and you could hand him, during confession, an indulgence. An indulgence was basically like a get-out-of-jail-free card that you paid the church for. So, in addition <laughs> to reparations being like a really cool thing, like if you, if, I mean, if your family has been living in poverty, and, and, and I mean, if, if for nothing else, we fucking owed them. Uh, 40 acres and a mule that yeah. that that reconstruction just totally fucked up because yeah. just like the cops just like the cops policing the cops mm-hmm. we beat the south in the civil war and then said okay we're going to leave it up to you now now we're done with that we'll yeah. let you deal with the ex-slaves the freed slaves we're going to let you deal with them well of course they're going to fucking fuck it up of course they're going to yeah. treat them like you know, well, so anyway. that, that was Johnson. That I don't think that would have happened. I think Reconstruction would have oh, worked if, out if, better if, if Lincoln, if Lincoln had, had, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but anyway, um, so, so it's like I don't think we would have had a Cold War. Personally, I love the I, I love the idea of reparations mainly because, and the best reparations plan I've seen, and I've seen a lot. I've actually seen everything from just give every descendant of chattel slavery a million bucks. And the thing is, we could do that. We could totally financially mm-hmm. handle that with our current. We totally do it. Yep. But we don't want to do it. We don't want to just give money. Well, but the, that means we, that they'll be richer than me, and I've worked hard, and they didn't do anything. Whatever it is. All right. Yeah. Fuck you. The one that the one that I've actually seen that I like the best is a hybrid model, and the hybrid model is that you give uh, direct descendants of chattel slavery a monetary stipend every year. Mm-hmm. Whatever that stipend is. I mean, yeah. let's make it better than Social Security. Can we do that? Can we say, you know, I don't know, $50,000 a year. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Basically, we're going to give, if you are, if we can prove, if you if it's provable that you are a direct descendant of chattel slavery, you're going to get money every year for the rest of your life. Yeah. Which we can totally do. But then, if you're not, and because that's the big question, is like the, the black community has suffered in great levels, whether you are a descendant or not, right? If you can't prove it. Yeah. At that point, then what you say is that you're going to get reparations through um, free housing and not like fucking public Cabrini-Breen house, like real houses, like a house or with a yard, yeah. like fucking in a neighborhood that, you know, is not falling apart. Like we the are shit going that they to, gave in the GI Bill. Exactly. You know, that came out so of the... It, yeah. It's going to be free housing. It is going to be free... You know, there's your college. There's where your free college goes. It doesn't go to white people. Free college shouldn't go to white people. It should go to black people. Because they have been systematically disenfranchised. <laughs> I like that idea. And it's health care. Free health care. Basically saying... Here's how we repair this. Because that's mm-hmm. what the concept of reparations is. is we're going to yeah. repair this. Repair, yeah. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't erase slavery, but it does actually say, okay, you were freed, 
and we fucked you over, so here's some payback. And while it's not going to be the greatest thing in the world for the first couple of years, give me two generations of that, and that will change the dynamic of race relations in this country like nothing we've ever seen. And hopefully it'll even out. Hopefully it'll even out. I love it. There's not um, just a shit ton of money that it starts to like work its way through the generations of well, that's these the families. Whole point. That that's they the can, whole point. Here's but how I you love, can buy a house based off what Grandpa had. But here's had, my problem. You know, here's yeah. my problem. We can't talk too much more about it because otherwise it's going to be a 19-hour thing. Um, here's my problem with it is that I believe all these things, and yet, because I do not buy whole cloth the concept of white fragility, of uh, white supremacy in every action, because I refuse to... Because critical race theory is basically every personal interaction is racial. Yeah. Everything is through lens of race. And I refuse to buy into that snake oil because I, I just refuse. I, it's too religious and I didn't, I used to be born again. Not anymore. There's a reason for that. I don't buy into that dogma shit. But and you, so think, that's you been, think that I should read that stuff? I do. It's well, part of it is because it's really very interesting and it really indicates, I mean, I, I mentioned this to Dana, the way I'm dealing with my privilege is not to use it for good, is to realize that American culture has left me behind. They're at war with wow. white assholes. <laughs> They're at war with white assholes. They're at war with, with like bigots and monsters. But as a liberal-minded white man, middle-aged white man, yeah. I have no more place in American society. I have been discarded. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm. What fine I love about that. that is that 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 goes back to the the thing that we were talking about four years ago that Trump selected. We don't know with the liberals which side we're on. Who would have us? We're not for sure. It's fuck not conservatives, but it feels like the liberals don't want us either because we're too yeah. moderate or whatever. But I, so I get what you're saying, and this is where complexity is important and nuance matters, because what you just said, taken out of context, stand alone, as a white man. And you say America's left me behind. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but that sounds... No, I'm not saying America's left me behind. I'm saying American culture okay. has said I am no longer a relevant voice in, this, in, this, in, in the culture. See, and I'm okay. Again, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. still going to write. I'm still going to put stuff out. I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to you know, mention my opinion. But the reality is nobody fucking cares anymore because I'm a, because the minute you hear it come out of my mouth, you go, oh, that's a white guy. Boom. I've had that happen a million times. Oh, you don't understand. You're a white guy. It's like, how I have critical, you know, and then, and then right. my first instinct is then to argue the point. I'm done arguing that point. Well, that's, okay. that's what I kind of wanted to get at. If you can Fair check, enough. if you can have a conversation and check all your white, all of your white privilege at the door and say, all right, look, here it all is. Now can we talk about the thing that matters? All this shit, the fact that I went to summer camp doesn't, if it matters, fine, but like that's, I have perspectives on it, but like, let's not harp on that shit. It's there, fine. Let's talk about the thing that matters. What do I have to do to, to have a, the conversation, to be a part of the conversation, even if I'm just listening? To genuflect, to beat yourself on the, with a hair shirt, to bemoan your fact, to do what you saw in, I can't, it's like Australia. But basically, it was just this video of like 400 white people mm-hmm. on their knees begging a group of black people forgiveness. 
that's re- if you really want to know what 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 you have to do, David, is that every time you approach a black person on the street, you need to fall to your fucking knees and beg for forgiveness because that's what critical race says. Critical race theory says that's the only way to do it. I'm sensing a little sarcasm from you. No, there. they really did that. No, they I really did that, that. But like, that- that's the argument. If you want to have the conversation, that's the thing. If you want to have conversation with a reasonable person. Then you don't have to set aside your privilege. They'll 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 listen to you, and you'll have a conversation. If you want to have a, a like a conversation with a woke, uh, you know, critical race theorist, you're not. It's like trying to have a discussion about whether or not there's really a Noah's Ark with a right, with a hyper fundamentalist right, yeah. religious person. Yeah. You're never going to have a conversation because unless you completely agree that it existed and it happened exactly the way it said in the Bible, they're not going to listen to you, so there's no conversation to be had. Well, I just wonder like is is going down to the south side and helping to clean up is 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 that the best that I can do because come on I'm not going to drop to my knees every time I see a black person and beg forgiveness because they will look at me and they'll be like what the fuck are you doing There's then you're no... not willing to do the work David you're not willing to do well, the but work wait a minute if if that is I want to hear it from a black person if that black person if the black people of America say and it, I don't even care if it comes through fucking Al Sharpton's mouth if they say well he's not a he's not a critical race theorist well so what What's the thing to do? Because all I keep hearing is white people just need to listen. Okay, but then what? Then what? That, that's a passive thing. Well, what can I do in an thing, active way to help well, make this same, country better there's, for there's, everyone? They, well, that's what it said. But there's not the com- they never go to the what they to the point. And I'm and when I say they, I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about people on that yeah. on that wokeness, the wokesters, the great awakening. Yeah, is they say they say acknowledge your white privilege. Okay. Yes. Then what? They don't want to tell you what follows. Right. Well, what they what they want is acknowledge your white privilege and then give it up. That's what they want. But I can't okay. give up when summer camp. Say, it's when gone. When they it was say, 30 years when ago. When they say <laughs> when they say you need to listen and completely agree. That's the that's the follow up. If you that's don't what, if you listen yeah. and you don't agree with something, you didn't listen. And that's the circle. If you listened, but suddenly you find fault in anything said or you disagree with any kind of personal thing, then you didn't really listen. And if you didn't really listen, you need to back up, reflect upon yourself, listen so that you agree. And if you agree, then apparently you listened. Is and it it's agreeing just a, or is it so, just like... No, you have to agree. If you cannot, you cannot have any kind of critical perspective on any of this because if you do, you didn't listen, David. Because how can a white person know? Exactly. I mean, I, I, I just, I want to do whatever I have to do to make this country an opportune place for everyone to have everything they need. I agree, and I just want to stay out of the way of the wokesters. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, my first six thing, or my first thing, um, is a read. I would like you to read uh, in The Atlantic. It's, uh, the headline is, Defund the Police. It's in their ideas section. Um, America needs to rethink its priorities for the whole criminal justice system, written by Annie Lowry. Give that a go. And my first thing is a read... Uh, it is in Quillette. It is as America simmers 
corporate America racks up the retweets. I just want to give you, this is just a paragraph from it because it's actually a really good article, but it made me laugh. Sometimes this can lead to unintended hilarity, as with HBO Max changing its Twitter name to Black Lives Matter just in time for Jennifer Aniston to retweet an old photo of the Lily White cast of Friends. <laughs> the bet X. That actually happened. That's a and it's a whole article. it's a whole article about about the concept that corporations have no virtue to signal, but they're using virtue signaling to keep people from not oh buying their God. shit as well. One of my oh. favorites was the fact that Disney. Yeah, I, I, I just yeah, it, it, I just love it. Just gotta read it. You gotta read it. It's Quillette. Quillette.com is America Simmers Corporation. Corporate America racks up the retweets. Very funny. As, I'm sorry, read, read the headline again. As America what? As America simmers, uh-huh. corporate America racks up the retweets. Yeah, the, the retweets and everything, that's that's always the best the best part because they never oh. get it right because we all know you just want us to buy shit. That's yeah, it. that's and it. it's fucking disingenuous. But, Shut but the fuck it's up. To- yeah, there you go. All right. Jennifer Aniston. Fucking That's friends. so funny. So funny. Oh, my God, that is good stuff. All right, uh, my next thing is... Also a read. It's in the New York Times, um, which I'm starting to get away from the New York Times a little bit. They're, it's a topic for another time, but they're starting yeah, to yeah. rub me the wrong way. Um, but uh, headline, uh, it's actually this is from Reuters. So uh, U.S. protesters call to, quote, defund the police. But what would that look like? So give that a go. That goes a little bit more into what a defunding of the police would, would look like. All right, and my second is a listen. It's the podcast. This is an older podcast. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ezra Klein. Sure. He's the editor-in-chief yep. at Vox. Yep. Are you familiar with Sam Harris? Yep. Okay. This was, uh, it's the Ezra Klein show. It's on Vox. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast. It's a two-hour debate, and it's called, it's entitled, The Sam Harris Debate. Mm-hmm. It is worth every single minute because what you have is you have Ezra Klein, who is sort of like at this point one of the captains of white wokeness. Yeah. And you have Sam Harris, who's made an entire career out of debunking religious things. Yeah. And basically, they're having a con- they're having a debate about uh, that very thing we were just talking about. Really good. It's really interesting. Um, if you already listened to the Apecast and listening to two white guys talk about this kind of shit is it, totally good. It can't be more introspective and intelligent than what we're talking about here. Oh, not at all, but just different voices. Oh. Well, that's just they're both They're both Jewish. Well, they're both Jewish. That's yeah. the difference. It's yeah. just people talking like this. Yeah, and nobody has that. nobody has that Jews talk. Yeah, nobody has that terrorist beard uh, in that coupling. So <laughs> you know we my, have one terrorist beard the two, between the two of us. My mom was over, I, as I mentioned, my mom was over the other day. We went for a walk around the block with Harry, and she's looking at me. <laughs> she's looking at me with such, like, just disappointed and confused yeah. stink eye. And, yeah. and I look at it and I go, what? And she says, you're going to shave that thing, right? And I said, See, I, I, think she, I, I don't I know. I think it'd be better if she said, she said, if she said, David, you look like Gary Oldman in Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's so scraggly and you've got grays in it. And I go, mom, I'm 40 fucking one years old. What do you want me to do about the grays? Go fuck yourself, you old bag. Like, what the fuck? So Third no, thing. I'm not shaving it. Um, all right, so my... <laughs> my third, my third thing to do is uh, Mad Dog a cop. Just 
fucking don't start shit, don't say shit just as they drive past you or you drive past them or walk past whatever, even if they're trying to be friendly, just fucking lock eyes with them and stare them down. See how Why? it makes you feel. It doesn't make you feel like a petty piece of shit. Um, and mine a is petty, even worse. piece of shit because there you go. I my, got away my, with it. My third thing is going to be hard. It's going to be way harder than Mad Dog and a Cop. Okay. This is this is this is going to make this, and I want you to do it. Yeah. Because, as I've been reading and spinning, like the concept that that, that a world where every interaction is effectively racial mm-hmm. has got to be just horrifying, right? The example that I give is I want you to watch the 2004 Academy Award Best Picture winner, Crash. This movie is so bad. Well, it's bad. It's so bad. In part because every moment, every relationship, every concept, every dialogue point is about race. Mm-hmm. And it's done so poorly that mm-hmm. it, because that's not how people operate. It's right. a terrible movie, but I want you to watch it. I, no, come on. I can't. It's fucking watch horrible. It. Watch it. Start to finish. Can I watch if it under nothing the influence? Else, no, well, yeah, you can watch it under the influence. Okay. If nothing else, just to watch, uh, uh, just, just to watch Don Cheadle uh, <laughs> be racist. It's just the fucking weirdest thing you'll ever see in your life. To watch Don Cheadle be a racist pig is so like, what? And, and then convoluted to watch Terrence Howard not be racist. Yeah. So. I just... You gotta watch it. <laughs> and at the end, Don Cheadle... It'd be great oh, if there yeah, was like an yeah. outtake where Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard fight over who's gonna get to be War Machine. That's Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. So I want you to watch it and then uh, you will see the, the, the world that critical race theory presents, which is that everything is determined by race. And what a shitty existence that would be because it's a shitty movie to watch. God fucking crap. It's... The worst, yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> and that's the ape cast. I'm gonna go not get arrested by for being white. Love it, yay. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bye. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.